passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everybody, welcome to Post Pioresu. I'm John Pollock, joined as always each month by WH Park, who is on the line with us. WH, how are you doing? John, I'm pretty good. It's a nice day here in Japan. It's uh, sunny. Stopped raining. Uh, it was raining for a couple of days. Now it stopped, and it's about mm, I'd say about five degrees outside. That's the uh, the less known uh, hit sitcom out there. It's always sunny in Numazu. Starring W.H. Right. Park. It's not always sunny here, John. Like, I get typhoons, like, in the fall. Oh. It, it's, uh, it can be pretty bad here, actually. Well, then, there's an asterisk at the end of the, the title. Well, we have, we have a lot uh, to cover on this month's show. So much has happened just since we uh, last spoke. Uh, we're going to have a deep dive into the recent Giant Baba Memorial Show. We're also going to go through the New Japan Cup brackets. We're going to get all of WH's predictions, which is going to be a huge time saver. So all of you listening aren't even going to have to bother watching the tournament. You're going to get all of the results from WH Park. And if any of them don't come true, uh, it's all on him. So that is what the is pressure. going on, on this week's show. A ton, a ton of pressure as WH Park forecasts how Taichi is going to pull this one off and headline Madison Square Garden with the Iron Fingers. God, <laughs> I thought I saw the last of those fucking things. No, <laughs> the spirit of Azuka will live on through Taichi of all people as his uh, surrogate with the Iron Fingers of Death, which uh, we will also discuss uh, the retirement of one Takeshi Azuka. But uh, the big news over the past month, I think we uh, safe to say the a championship switch with Hiroshi Tanahashi losing to Jay White in Osaka a couple of weeks back. Uh, we talked about this uh, quite a bit. Um, I seem more optimistic that the title change is going to happen. And now that it has, uh, this feels to me a lot. Uh, there's a lot of doubt about Jay White getting the title now. Uh, maybe some interest that it's been. Uh, there's been a bit of a, a wet blanket on this Madison Square Garden card. Uh I'm kind of glass half full on this WH, but how did you feel the match went down and Jay White as the as the top guy moving forward and going into this card in April uh, over WrestleMania weekend? Well, I, I liked the match. I thought it was a good match. I thought the Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom was a better match for Jay White, but this was okay. Um, I'm of two mindsets regarding Jay White being the champion. One is that I, I don't fully buy into him as a character. Like, I think he's perfectly fine as a wrestler. I, I've always been very high on him as a wrestler. I just don't get this Switchblade character. That's just me. I understand why other people like it or are fine with it. It's just, for my own personal taste, it just doesn't work for me. Um, but 
the other thing is that I mean they spent a year building this guy up, like giving him key wins, like pretty much revolving most of the major storylines around his character. So I think if he didn't win the title, I would have thought, what a waste of all that push that he received for the whole year. So I'm, it's done, you know, like, let's just move forward. I'm, I'm on board to like, see where he's going to go with the opportunity, like having the proverbial ball, so to speak, and see if he sinks or swims. I, I have faith that he's going to swim mm -hmm. and eventually I'll probably come around. Listen, I used to hate Tai Chi. I don't hate him anymore i tolerate him but i used to despise <laughs> him you know i who else I tolerate him that, that i tolerate great. him now that's 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 pretty good yeah i used to hate fucking yoshihashi i'm okay with him i mean the big you used one to is, hate me and you tolerate me so i mean no, there's, there's, there's hope for everybody <laughs> i the only time i've ever was like doubt about you was like when you're 16 years old and you're at o'grady's i was like who the fuck is this kid <laughs> and, hey man you got any taz tapes taz <laughs> Did you see the the? I sent you a tweet of like Taz versus Gypsy Joe at an FMW show. Did you see that? Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyways, I used to hate Naito. Like Stardust Genius Naito, I despised him, and I came around to like you know Lost in Gobernables Naito like maybe about six months into when he became that character. So it's not outside of reason to think that I'm going to come around on Jay White in the Switchblade character down the line. Had this been Zack Sabre Jr. in this role, would you have thrown a parade in the streets? I feel that you would have been 100% all in on this choice. See, Zack Sabre Jr. is more like he's more suited to what he's doing. Like, I still feel Zack, you know, Jay White's like still figuring out, okay, I'm a serial killer. No, wait, I'm, I'm an asshole. No, wait, which, which one am I? Like, he's trying to figure out his, himself still a bit. He's much better than last year. Definitely, it, it hasn't been a smooth transition. I completely give you that. And the character was very left field for if your image was this this young lion that went off for this excursion, wasn't playing this character in Ring of Honor, and then he's thrust into this very uh, strange character. Um, yeah, it, I, I'm not going to argue that it's been a very rough transition, but I, I think slowly but surely he has matured into the role, but it is still a work in progress. I'm just I'm. I'm more optimistic that he is going to be uh, accepted by a lot more people six months into this. So yeah, I'm, I'm more I on the, so. the optimistic side. I mean, I don't think he's going to be champion past uh, Madison Square Garden, but, you know, we can talk about that. Uh, we will get into that. Um, did you? Uh, what were some of your highlights from the On Horizon cards last weekend at Corican? Uh, uh, most of the show, except for anything involving the kingdom, they're so bad, you know, like um, – I tweeted, like, I think they stink. I tweeted that, like, Matt Taven looks like shit. Uh, who's the, who's the, uh, I don't, I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I don't even need to follow you on Twitter because our mutual friend, Mike Murray, when there's a great WH tweet, I will get the heads up from Mike about, man, WH, not a fan of the kingdom. And then that prompts me to go see what you have said. And I believe the line was, I have one word to describe them shit. And yeah, that is that, the, that, the art of was, the nuance from WH Park. No, but like that's not even the original tweet. I was like, you know, saying going through each member and I and the and TK Orion, I came to him and I just said he's the jaggiest of Jags, and Jag stands for just 
a guy. He's so boring looking. <laughs> Did you coin and, that term? That's a good term. No, no, no. I think that's from Voices of Wrestling. That's okay. where I first heard that. All right. Like Joe Lanza, that's a Joe Lanza special. Okay, let's but, give credit. Uh, but that triggered TK Orion to like at me because I don't, I don't, when I talk shit about people, I don't at them. I think it's really rude to do that, you know. But he vanity searched himself and oh. then he, he, he went off on me. He called me a nobody with a shitty podcast. I mean, that's, hey, your mileage may vary. I'm not going to, whatever. But he called me a bitch and all this other stuff. He said, you wouldn't say this if I was in front of you and all this stuff. I was just like reading that. I was like, okay, yeah, well, you know, okay. How did you even see this? Like you vanity search for yourself. And apparently he's like gaining this reputation. He's like going after everyone who says anything negative about them. I'll, I'll give Vinny Margasas and Matt Taven credit. Apparently they don't vanity search themselves. They don't get triggered by like quote unquote nobodies but i just think it's funny and he he got he's getting buried on twitter like incessantly by other people so it's kind of funny but anyways this show uh both shows i thought were really fun um night one i thought was a bit better than night two yeah i thought that um the uh the opener that they did with uh marty Skrull and ren narita i thought i thought they got off to a really great start i enjoyed that match um, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with uh, with Umino and Ren Narita in the in these roles, and that was a great opener. And uh, Jeff Cobb, Hiroki Goto got a lot of strong reaction coming out of it. The unfortunate uh, part was the injury to David Finley on the last night in the tag match, dislocated shoulder, and we'll get into that later. But he's obviously not going to be part of the New Japan Cup as originally announced. I really like the uh, the tag match Osprey and Goto had against uh, Dolphin Castle and Jeff Cobb. Like that finish where you know Osprey got Jeff Cobb up in the Stormbreaker. I was just like, eyes were like bulging out of my eyes. I was like, holy shit, he got him up. That's amazing. Any ROH guys that stood out that uh, maybe don't come over regularly that you would like to see maybe involved in more uh, talent swaps back and forth more often? Oh, definitely Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think he's a lock for best of the super juniors this year. I, I assume him and Robbie Eagles are both going to get spots uh, in that tournament when they, you know, when they announce who's going to be in it. Yeah, I think he's going to have a very big year in 2019. And I hope that uh, I hope Bandito gets over there as well. I'd like to see Haskins as well. Like, I think yep. he'd be a good fit in uh, Best of the Super Juniors as well. They just announced on Friday uh, the WrestleCon Super Show. It's going to be Will Ospreay versus Bandito, which should be a really hot match. It's going to – yeah, well, I mean, we're not going to see that in New Japan because, like, Will Ospreay is definitely a heavyweight. Now, yeah, that so. is not going to happen there. But uh, WrestleCon, that's the – well, one one of the many shows to be at over the weekend. Okay, we will we will circle back to New Japan afterwards, but we had uh, promoted it heavily on our last show that we are going to go through the Giant Baba Memorial Show that happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and this featured uh, many guests on hand and uh, a an amalgamation of talent: New Japan, All Japan, Big Japan, Dragon Gate. Uh, what did you think about the the lineup just going into it and how they uh, put together some of the matches? Was this uh, enough of a, a curiosity for you seeing what they did with the talent available and the obvious politics to come with a show like this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I was really curious to see what the, the NOAA participation would be because, like, New Japan is a very strong presence on this show. And it turns out it's like what just just Marafuji showed up. And he was wrestling against uh, Dragon Gate guys. Um, overall, though, like I when I when they announced the show and they announced the talents, I was like, okay, that sounds about right for like 
you know, kind of a, a, a collaboration show, like, you know, uh, Kento Kobashi does his Fortune Dream shows. Um, Ricky Choshu does his, you know, Power Hall shows. Usually these don't necessarily have New Japan participation. So I think the New Japan involvement really elevated the interest in this show. Uh, definitely when they announced the main event of like um, Yoshitatsu and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus uh, Kento Miyahara and Daisuke Sekimoto was like, I was like, oh, I wish I could go to this show. I would love to have seen that match. Um, but overall, yeah, like my anticipation was pretty high as they kept announcing matches. So I watched this entire show save for the Battle Royal, which you strongly advised me to skip and... I took you up on that offer. Uh, anything stands out other than a uh, Mitsuo Momota winning said battle royal? No, it, it was a, it's just, you know, a bunch of older guys in there, you know, wrestling guys who are, you know, like, or aren't important anymore. And it, it meant nothing. It was just kind of weird to see some people in this. I'm, I'm looking at the, the part participant list. Like, I don't know why Min's Teo is in this battle royal. He has no connection to all Japan that I can discern. Um, you know, everyone else has some kind of connection, or I can see why they were in there. Like uh, Abdullah Kobayashi, I'm sure it was in there as a favor to Abdullah the Butcher, or as you know, like a, as a give to Big Japan's participation in this show. But, you don't think Baba um, was a Kayantai fan? I, he, they had Kai, They had uh, no wait. They, were they ever in there? Uh, probably. I mean, not. I mean I Giant Baba. I'm, I'm sure he followed uh, the Attitude Era there, '98. Uh, he was well. He had involvement with the WWF. They they had point, uh, so. you know their their loose connections. But uh, no, I don't think he was a Michinoku Pro fan in the back back in the day. So uh, we go into our eight man tag here: uh, Naoya Nomura, Ren Narita, Tomoki Hanma, and Yuji Okabayashi versus Daichi Hashimoto, Kazushi Miyamoto, Takuya Nomura, and Tomohiko Hashimoto. This one goes eight and a half minutes. Uh, we had uh, Tomohiko Hashimoto, who I had not seen uh, much of. He really came off like a Japanese Kevin Steen, I thought. Yes, he has that look. Uh, I'm not familiar with him at all, to be honest with you. So I was just like, who's this fucking guy? And then the the killer for me was Kazushi Miyamoto, because he was one of the young guys in um, All Japan after the split. So he's like kind of the guy that they're putting in a big emphasis as he's our big, you know, young prospect. This is during the Kawada Tenru days just after Masawa left. And he comes out doing a Scott Steiner cosplay gimmick. And I was like, and he's jacked. This guy got huge. Uh, I don't know what's the deal with Miyamoto because I don't know if you remember like in like the early days of uh, Muto's Russell one, he was signed and he was, they did a show at Sumo Hall. I was at that show, I think with Chris Charlton. And and he comes out and he's announced as the Japanese million dollar man. So he's gone from being Ted DiBiase to being Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner now. So it's a, it's I I want to see what happened in between. Was there a big boss man in there? Was there like uh you know, Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan gimmick thrown in there? I I just want to know which one. If this was in Japan, what, what, wouldn't he be called the the million dollar man? No, John, they they don't think that far ahead as far as like, you know, Muto's Wrestle 1 is very much, uh, you know, oh, we got to do as much sports entertainment as possible. That was like in the early days. So uh, the finish here came with uh, Okabayashi lifting up Takuya Nomura, going for the torture rack, losing control of him, and then just going right back to it. Second try, got him to submit at eight and a half minutes. Yeah, everyone came into this thinking that uh, it was going to be um, 
Ren Narita taking the fall because he's the young lion. But I guess they, you know, it's easier. Both Nomura and Okabayashi are big Japan guys, and you know, Nomura is kind of like underneath Okabayashi as, as far as the rankings go in that promotion. Second uh, or third match of the show: Itsushi Onita, Hideki Suzuki. Hideki Hosaka and Kendo Kashin took on the great Kojika, Shuji Ishikawa, Mitsuya Nagai, and Hikaru Sato in a bunkhouse stampede match. Onita comes out to Wild Thing. He's drinking water. He is just days away from double knee surgery. He's just hobbling to the ring. Um, and, uh, you know, this made uh, Kojika at 76 years old uh, not the most immobile of the eight men involved in this. And this just turned into a wild brawl. There was an unprotected chair shot that the great Kojika took straight to the head, which was just utter insanity. Suzuki ended up uh, pinning Sato 6.54 after this double underhook slam. And we also had Freddy Krueger uh, backing Onita's team. Yeah, I don't think it was the original one. Uh, no. I think the original Freddy Krueger was like Doug, Doug Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a great secret. <laughs> Went all the way over. <laughs> He went over and didn't want to get promoted as himself. Sure. Um, yeah, like, it, this is what it was. I mean... This was Kuchika an entrance of Onita in particular. Yeah, I mean, could you get taken that chair shot? I was like... Oh, I was just like... That's insane. And Sato, too. He took the unprotected chair shot before getting pinned by uh, Suzuki. Um, they also had to hold was... the table in place for Onita because they were... I can't believe he did the spot. When he, I guess he figured, I'm, I'm going for surgery. What the hell worse damage can I do? But they're holding the table, just worried this thing's going to give out with him going for a pile driver to, to Sato. Yeah, he just had his knee surgery. So I, I figure uh, he'll be back in about a month. You know. He says he's only going now to spring break uh, for autographs and for an appearance. I, I don't I, complete. I I can't imagine he's not going to just get the itch and want to do some spot when he gets there. Uh, unprotected chair shot to uh, Nick Gage. Oh God! I, I I was assuming that would have been the match had he been healthy to do it. Would be Nick Gage and Onita. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I, I can absolutely I imagine it. My time. So then they had the the lengthy Abdullah the Butcher ceremony where he was brought into the ring. He was there with uh, Joel Deaton was uh, bringing him into the ring. And we had uh, Junakiyama, Kijimuto, Stan Hansen, who came out to a huge reaction. 77-year-old Dory Funk Jr. with his whip. Did you hear um, at the, the NWA anniversary pay-per-view last uh, October, they had this interviewer who was – you know, they just hired her, I guess, for the night, and she introduced Rory Funk Jr. and she and he was quick to correct her. Uh, Mil Moscris, Dos Caras, and Tiger Mask, Satoru Sayama, uh, among the uh, legends in attendance for this ceremony. Yeah, including uh, we had messages from Minoru Suzuki, the Destroyer, um, Rick Flair, Steve, Rick Flair, uh, Johnny Ace. This you know. this was the one where Batista should have just stare took off Ric Flair and then looked into the camera and said, "Hey Abdullah, do I have your attention now?" And then did the huh like that. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, this is I like this. I if I was there live, I would have been like probably enjoying this as long as it was. I probably would enjoy it just because like it's all these legends in in one place coming out to pay tribute to Abdullah Butcher, who you know is a very, very, very legendary figure in Japan. I think he's probably more popular and more famous in Japan than he is in the United States. I think hands I'm down. Say, hands down. 
I, I think probably this the, in Japan and probably maybe Puerto Rico are where he's the most famous and most popular. Um, yeah. And, and, to, and to this day, do you think that the, there's still that um, that recognition factor from his heyday in the 70s and 80s? Yes. Him and Stan Hansen. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to say Stan Hansen is the most uh, popular, most famous like foreign wrestler to ever wrestle in Japan. So after the ceremony, we had uh, Tai Chi, the, the tolerable Tai Chi. Takamichinoku and Yoshinobu Kanemaru taking on Masafuchi, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, and Yuma Aoyagi. Uh, what a what a collection here. Uh, Masafuchi, I just love this guy. Yeah, it comes out to you know Katie Loggins' Danger Zone. It's always <laughs> a big pop in Korokan Hall when he when he when I see him wrestle for All Japan there. Um, Fujiwara looks every bit his age, and yeah, and then you have Yuma Aoyagi, which is I. I I don't understand why he was in there. Actually, I do. Like they, they, they're doing this kind of like feud between Yuma and Taichi. Like on all these independent shows, he did some like Lionsgate shows, and then in, on some independent shows and some of the Taichi produced shows, like they tend to have some interaction. So um, at some point, Yuma Aoyagi and Taichi are going to have a singles match, and I think if Yuma wins that match, it's going to like really elevate him to another level in all japan so i don't think the match will happen in all japan but it will elevate him in the eyes of a lot of fans you and i have uh sung the praises of uh, kyohei wada but man in this match he was just treated like a tool here by who by uh taichi oh he was distracted when taka was tapping out then you had the finish where he gets shoved away so he misses the, the low blow spot by taichi to uh fuchi and then it just leads to the inside cradle and wada Counts to three. Nine minutes, 43 seconds. Taichi, Taka, and Kanemaru get the victory. Did, did you see Taichi going after uh, Kawada, his mentor? Unbelievable. It's all gone to it's his head like, now. It's funny. Like, he's just like, you know, like, hey, you know, yelling at him for like, you know, kicking his ass when he was a young boy. And then Kawada's just looking at him like, go away. I got Robin to make later, you know. I thought Fuchi was great in this match. The guy's just got so much charisma. He's limited, but he gets the most out of the least. Yeah, he's great. Like, I, I, I never was a big fan of him back in the, like, if I watched matches of him in the 80s. But or, I think now you like, can appreciate him. Like, he's just, he, he knows his role. Yeah, he's just there to have fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he had that hot matches with, teaming with Kawada when they did the New Japan, All Japan stuff after Masawa split with to make Noah. But... You know that after that, he's 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 just there. Like it's cool. Like I like seeing him. You know, he's a nice guy. Like in the merch merchandise area at Corican. Like when we go there, like he's always like really pleasant to a lot of fans. So it's nice to see him. Then we went on to Sonata and Bushi taking on Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto and Iato Yoshida and Shota Umino. So quite a uh, quite an interesting mix here with a. Uh, New Japan and All Japan talent. Uh, Bushi moves the referee out of the way and missed uh, Iwamoto. Uh, Jake Lee got placed into the paradise lock by Sonata, and then Sonata did his backflip into the skull end, goes to the top, moonsault onto Umino for the win in 8 minutes, 12 seconds. Made the most sense here. New Japan going over New Japan talent. Yeah, I mean, the the reason Sonata and Bushi are on this show were, is that, you know, Sonata and Bushi are actually All Japan dojo guys. They started in All Japan and eventually both moved over to uh, New Japan. Um, Jake Lee is like one of the big prospects in All Japan. Koji Iwamoto is the All Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion. And, you know, Ayoto Yoshida and Shoryu Mino are 
you know, they're they're there because they're you know they got to take the pinfall. Uh, but I mean, I I was really excited about this match because I really wanted to see like Yoshida and Shota Umino taking on Jake Lee because I think that's a really interesting you know prospect that these two guys who are the futures of their respective companies are gonna tangle up. Um, I don't know. I didn't get the sense that Sonata and Bushi were really feeling. They, they were enjoying being there for whatever reason. I that's just like an impression I got. Um, and I, I gotta say, if I was be Jake careful, Lee, Sonata and Bushi are gonna find you on Twitter, WH. Oh, uh, yeah, no, like I, I think I follow Sonata on his Instagram, which is just a great thing to follow if you like men's fashion, uh, but not beards. His beard is it's terrible. Cool. Um, but if I was Jake Lee and if I was Jun Nakayama and we were laying this match out. And they said, we're going to put you in the paradise lock. If I was Jake Lee, I would have told him to go fuck himself. I was like, no, you're not putting me in that fucking paradise lock. You can put Yoshida in. You can put Umano in. You're not putting me in the goddamn paradise lock. Because I think he looked like a geek in that fucking move. And I like the paradise lock, but Jake Lee just did himself a huge disservice by being stuck in there for like five minutes in that move. See, once Minoru Suzuki's been put into the paradise lock, who are these guys to pull rank at this point? I, I'm just saying, like, Akiyama at least should have just gone to, like, whoever booked this match and said, like, no, you're not putting him. You could, I wouldn't even put Iwamoto in there because he's a junior champion. Like, Yoshida could have done it. Umino could have done it. He, Sonata could have got blinded accidentally and put Bushi in it. Just don't put Jake Lee in that fucking move, please. Now, Michi Marfuji and Jinsei Shinzaki took on Masaki Mochizuki and Shun Skywalker. Uh, Marfuji, who... Everyone associates with Noah, but uh, much like Sonata, a All Japan original uh, in his career. And how long was he into his career before the uh, the the Noah uh, exodus? It was like very early, like a year or two. I think, I think two years. He, he trained in the Jodo. It was him, Katamaru, uh, Kenta were all in like the last vestiges of the uh, the All Japan Dojo before the uh, the split into Noah. Dude, Jinsei Shinzaki is 52 years old. This guy looks fantastic for 52. He was moving so well. Like he did the oh. uh, the prayer walk on the top rope. He did this awesome like what somersault into a thrust kick. He looked great. I thought he, 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 was, he was tremendous. I, I really enjoyed this match. And a lot of it was Shinzaki. Like I, I want to see him and Skywalker just go like 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm excited to like if he does more but i think the reason he looks so good is he doesn't really do much regularly when he does do matches in michinoku pro he doesn't do that much like no one's ever like going on the internet and saying like oh my god jinsei shiaki is having a sleeper 2018 you gotta watch all his matches this is you know like he's a high profile gig he's gonna go out and he's gonna you know you know use up all the the energy he saved up over the last three years in this one match uh, Shun Skywalker, who I think is like this year, he is poised to be one of the mega breakout stars in Japan. I think um, he's also coming over for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I believe he's doing a singles match with uh, Pac on one of the WrestleCon shows as well. Um, Skywalker did some cool stuff in here. Tiger Driver to Marafuji, then uh, Moonsault and Shinzaki yanked them off for the save. And then he scaled the top Moonsault to the floor onto Shinzaki. And then Mochizuki and Marafuji had this great exchange at the end. Bicycle knee by Marafuji and then one with a cradle. 10 minutes, 10 seconds. And afterwards, they all shook hands. And Marafuji just pointed to his head. I outsmarted you. And... 
it was all, you know, their, their respect angle among all four. And they kind of just uh, bowed to the audience as they left. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really telling that Mochizuki took the pin and not Skywalker. It really yeah. shows you, like, Dragon Gate is definitely, like, going to have going to push this guy really strong. He's actually, he's got a title match against Pac in Osaka coming up. I think actually tomorrow in J- Japanese time, he's, he's going to have a match with him t- on Sunday in Osaka. Uh, I, I, th- I think I'm conflating the two, but I know uh, Skywalker is coming to WrestleMania weekend, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think who's he re- WrestleCon only, I think. Yes, I think, I, I think you're right. And yet, yeah, I'm just, uh, there's way too many matches and shows in my head right now. Junakiyama, Taioke, and Takeo Mori versus Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Osamu Nishimura, the protege of Dory Funk Jr. Osamu Nishimura, yeah. Yes. Um, this is like an interesting match for me because it's like you got Akiyama, Kei, and Omori who are all like of the same generation in all Japan, and Kojima, Nagata, and Nishimura are all of – I think Nishimura is included in that third generation if he if he stuck around in New Japan. But it was like, you know, 1990s All Japan versus 1990s like New Japan like when they were these are all like young boys at the same time. So and then they grew up to become like, you know, big stars in their respective companies. Well, not Nishimura, but you know, everyone else. Uh, we had a Koji cutter to Akiyama. Akiyama then hit his exploder and applied a guillotine to Kojima. Omori driver to Nishimura. Nagata broke up that cover. And then Akiyama landed a running knee and an exploder, pinning Nishimura 12 minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, I thought especially Satoshi Kojima, like y- you've seen him slow down over the last few years, but he seemed really amped up for this match. Uh, it seemed like all the guys had a little, uh, you know, extra motivation in this one and afterwards kojima shoved akiyama after the match yeah i don't know if they're setting up some kind of uh interpromotional match like i i can totally see kojima like just being lent out to all japan for a big show against akiyama maybe like in the in the summer in the fall coming up but i don't know i i feel like kojima maybe ultimately should have never have left all japan like considering like his position in the company now um i think if he if he had a change of scenery there you'd see like this maybe revitalization in his uh in his enthusiasm as it were mil Moskras and dos caras versus kaz hayashi and nosawa what was this mil Moskras coming in at 76 years of age dos caras 68 Kaz Hayashi, 45, and the spring chicken, Nosawa, 42 years old. We had uh, Kejimuto on commentary. Mil Moskris did a test of strength and then stomped the hands of Nosawa. And then, man, this was um, this was a very slow match where I think this audience was just going to be very polite for Mil Moskris in particular, uh, Dos Karas as well. Uh, they double-teamed Nosawa. Um, Hey, Mil Moskris, he goes to the top rope and he hit a high cross onto both. And my God, this was as impressive to me as Mick Foley being thrown off the cage in 1998. Uh, God bless this guy, 76 years old, hitting a high cross. And they did the double pinfall at 11 minutes, six seconds. So Mil Moskris, Dos Karas getting the victory here. Uh, this was, this was not a good match, but the audience just wanted to see these legends and that's how they treated them. I, I thought it was interesting that Doth Cross was like the, the best worker in, in a match that had Kaz Hayashi in it. You know, like I didn't see really that much from 
from Kaz in this match. I thought he was the second best. Das Karras actually, for his age, looked really good doing all like the wrestling and the and the chain stuff. Um, Mil Mascaris, bless his heart, but I don't understand what the fuck he was wearing. Like, what was it? Like a, a leopard? He's wearing a leopard suit. Like head to toe, yes. I feel this is something he might wear in his private life too. Like, I don't want to go anything beyond that, but you know, let's just leave it at that. And then the main event, Kento Miyahara and Daisuke Sakamoto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yoshitatsu. Uh, very much um, a pro Kento Miyahara crowd. He came out with the the three championships representing the Triple Crown and was really positioned as kind of the um, the the standard bearer for All Japan. And this very much was an All Japan-themed event. And he gets to be in here with one of his idols in Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Miyahara knocks Tanahashi off the apron with a running boot. Yoshitatsu was in this for a long time. Tanahashi was a ghost for a significant period until he's finally tagged in. Uh, hits all of his, his usual spots here. Uh, at one point, Miyahara is in with Tanahashi, and he does the, the Tanahashi pose just to mirror him. They go nose to nose. Uh, Yoshihashi comes in, repeated boots to uh, uh, deliver here, and then Sekimoto catches a Piscato, slams Tanahashi onto the floor. That got a very big reaction. Yoshi, Yoshi Tatsu, uh, pops up here from a Miyahara superplex and gets a series of near falls on Miyahara, just enough that the audience was almost questioning if Yoshi Tatsu was going to pull off the upset here, uh, but not. Running knee, bridging German, kicks out of it, then traps the wrist for the shutdown German, and Miyahara pins Yoshi Tatsu. 24 minutes, 23 seconds. Yeah, uh, best match on the card. Easily. I- I loved it. I just for the atmosphere. I I don't think you're gonna see you know T- Miyahara and Tanahashi especially like going balls to the wall like doing stuff. But they did enough for what this match was. Just the idea of like Miyahara and Tanahashi in the ring for the first time was enough. And I personally was like like going insane when like Miyahara came out wearing the original triple crown belts. Um, the, the reason you don't see those anymore is because like, um, Motoko's Baba's, um, estate wanted the belts back and they returned them. So they have the current triple crown belt, which is just one, one single belt, but it incorporates, um, elements of, um, all three belts into the, into the face plates on, on, uh, on the belt itself. So like the main one is the PWF title. And then on the, on each side is like the United national title and the NWA international title. So if you take a quick, a close look at that belt, like on Google or something like that, it's, it's a really cool design. I like this new belt, but I just kind of reminded like how much I miss like the original triple crown, like set of three belts. So that was the Giant Baba show. I thought it, this was very much about nostalgia and, you know, some cool pairings. Uh, you know, the, there wasn't any match of the year contender coming out of this, but I thought it was a fun show overall. I, I always <sighs> like these kinds of cards where you mix and match and it's really, it was very much about the atmosphere of the show. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very easy show to watch. John, we, we didn't talk about the greatest sequence in wrestling so far, which is the, the air guitar sequence, you know, like Tanashi did his air guitar stuff, threw it to Miyahara, Miyahara grabbed it, he did some air guitar, threw it to Sekimoto, Sekimoto, like, I, I don't know how to play air guitar. And then he tossed it across the ring <laughs> to Yoshitatsu, who subsequently broke it over his knee, the bastard. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really fun. 
that whole sequence. It was the real passing of the torch with uh, with Tanahashi and, and Miyahara. What a what an the, endorsement from the guy. Yeah, per- passing of the air torch. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, let's uh, let's get into some other news going on. Um, just uh, finishing up on some stuff from uh, the past uh, month, actually, uh, match-wise. I wanted to ask you about uh, Takeshi Azuka's retirement match, how you felt it came off, uh, as well as the Pac and uh, KZ match that happened uh, for Dragon Gate a couple of weeks ago that you informed me I needed to watch, and I was very glad you did, because that match, that is very high in my match of the year listings for 2019. I love that match. Oh, yeah. So the Azuka retirement match, it was like him and uh, Tai Chi, right? Yes, it was it was Azuka, Tai Chi and Minoru Suzuki uh, losing to Kazuchika Okada, Toru Yano and, of course, Hiroyoshi Tenzan. Yeah, it was OK. I, there were points in that match where like, like, Tenzan's going up to the top rope and I'm just like, oh, my God, please don't die. Oh, God. He's got the he's got the fucked up foot still. And it's just it's the most impossible. Exam. Once you notice that ankle, you can't not watch it. And it's just insane that this guy is just going out there and doing stuff on this this ankle that I, I can't imagine the the degenerative state of that ankle and what is in that boot. He went to the top rope. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, don't do it. Please don't don't do it. And he did. He got up there. and I'm like, OK, please don't slip. Please don't slip. Please don't slip. He hit the moonsault. It was fine. I was happy for him. Um, the man is fine. I, I was never a big Izuka fan, like, even before he became, like, you know, um, the, the crazy bald bearded dude. Um, the, usually the highlights of his matches was when he would attack, you know, the announcer, Nogami. Who was back side, Yes. Who was brought back just to get his shirt torn off by Azuka's and I, I, I always found I found it funny at the end he's crying. Oh, Azuka's retired. Uh, he's not gonna like assault me and rip my clothes off anymore. <laughs> Stockholm yeah. syndrome. It's Stockholm syndrome for we're gonna call it Nogomi Nogami syndrome now. Um yeah, I thought it was a fine match. Like there were like some nice spots where like I think Okada was going for the rainmaker and then Izuka turned it into like a a, a knee bar and leg lock. I forget. Uh but it's like kind of harkening back to his like his actual wrestling background. Um I was fine that he didn't break character. I think he's like always gonna be remembered for like this character that he is now not the straight forward wrestler that he was before. So I'm perfectly fine with him like leaving that way, not doing it, doing a, an interview like, or cutting a promo saying thank you to the fans or anything like that. He just left, left the, the iron fingers in the middle ring. And then, you know, Tai Chi took up the mantle, literally took up the mantle of uh, Izuka's like uh, iron glove uh, bullshit gimmick. So there you go. I liked it. I, I thought it was a fun way to end the character. I think had you done the the happy ending with Tenzon, there would have been this big clamoring to do like this little tag reunion with them. And I think it was, no, this is the last match. He's going to go out as this crazy character. And, you know, it allows for, you know, a year from now, he can just come back and do some crazy run in. He doesn't have to do a match. Uh, I, I kind of liked the way they ended it. And he stayed true to the character. And I think the audience enjoyed it. And it was just so funny to watch at the end because, you know, the show ends and everyone is seated 
in the arena. They're all there in Corkin, and they're all waiting for something to happen. And then, like, on command, they all realize, nope, show's over, and it's time to leave. There's no encore here. That's it. That's how the career is ending. But they all were, like, waiting there patiently to, like, verify that the show is over. We're not getting anything more from Azuka. No, well, I mean, that, that goes into, like, this whole mentality in Japan of, like, if you go to a movie, people will stay through the credits for the most part. Like I'm going to say a good 70% of most audiences at the movie theater will watch the entire credit sequence. Even if they know there's no post-credit sequence, like, you know, like in a Marvel movie, they're, they're, they're going to stay. Um, usually depending on how I feel at the end of the movie, I'll, I'll usually stay. If I'm with a Japanese friend, I'll stay to the end of the credits. But if I have to really use the, the washroom, I'll like just get the fuck out of there. But um, this, yeah, just be people, you know, in general, like audiences for wrestling, for most live events, for movies are fairly polite. It's it's one of the things I really like about living in Japan is going to like events and the politeness generally of most fans. Uh, so then we had uh, Pac and Casey from Dragon Gate a couple of weeks back. Pac is having quite the run at the moment. Uh, he had the match with Will Ospreay. He had this one, uh, Walter and... You know, I think it's only going to heat up. I, I think Pac is going to be a serious contender for Wrestler of the Year this year, which will be really notable given that, you know, his his home base is Dragon Gate and and not a New Japan that's going to naturally have more attention to it. Um, and that will probably raise his profile being attached to AEW as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the, the big, you know, the big revelation was like how well Casey did. I think he like, you know, he elevated his stature in the company. He was getting a huge push going into this match. He got wins over like people like Doi and Yoshino and tag matches. And he was just elevated. I think the my favorite part of this match, like one of them at least, was the playing of the, the, the you know, the God Save the Queen. And you just see, you know, Casey looking over, over his shoulder at Pac. And Pac's looking back at him. He's like, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna attack you this time. Like I'm not gonna attack you during playing my national anthem. And but then, like Casey's just looking at him still, just keeping one eye on him. I thought that was a really nice touch. It, it was a callback to the Yoshino angle where where you know like Pac attacked him during the playing of the of God Save the Queen. I like that. I I like you know just I don't know like everything I liked about this match was just like Casey kind of going toe to toe with Pac. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look like he didn't belong in there with him. Um, like some of the moves like Pac did the shooting star press into double knees into Casey's back. That was phenomenal. Yep. Um, I, at no point did I really think that Pac was going to lose the belt. Cause I don't think they're ready. Like, I don't think Dragon Gate is ready for Casey to be the champion. I don't think Dragon Gate's ready for Pac not to be the champion. Maybe it might be more accurate. Um, I think they're getting a lot of pl- publicity, you know, in Western media uh, for having Pac as their champion. And he's going to like all these shows in the UK. He's carrying the Open the Dream Gate Championship. Um, if people are familiar with Dragon Gate, they might be wondering, whoa, oh, it's Pac, it's Neville. Like, what's that belt he's wearing? And maybe they're going to go check out Dragon Gate. Maybe they're going to sign up for the Dragon Gate streaming service. So I think it's a really good, you know, move on Dragon Gate's pit to have like, you know, Pac go to different shows. He's carrying their championship. You know, he's listed as their champion. I think it's a win-win for everyone. I do think it plays into like some weird, like you know, match politics, like the the match with Osprey, which I I liked. I think the Casey match was way better. 
Um, I didn't like the interference from like CCK in that match. I didn't like the the finish, but I understood the finish. Like you're not going to have someone who holds an IWGP branded or never branded New Japan title beating the guy who's the Open the Dreamgate champion and vice versa. Like there's no way New Japan or all uh, New Japan and Dragate are going to sign off on either one of these guys losing to the other. So you're going to have finishes like that. Um, same thing with like you know like a WWE guy. It's not going to be the Dragon Gate guy and, and vice versa. So it, it leads into some like interesting, you know, like scenarios like down the line. Like what's he going to do in, um, in is he is he saved for Mania weekend? I can't remember. Sorry, who is it? Pac? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's doing several shows. Uh, WrestleMania weekend. I think the only singles match he's doing, though, is on that pancakes and pile drivers show with rich swan and i think the rest are uh, he's teaming with osprey against cck on the rev pro show and he's been announced for the russellcon super show those are the ones i know off the top of my head okay well i mean him and osprey aren't losing to cck and he's definitely probably gonna pin now he's definitely pinning rich swan no way rich swan is like gonna get like a a, a time limit draw or DQ or whatever, no contest decision. And uh, whoever he's facing is at WrestleCon will be interesting to see if, if it's a Dragon Gate guy, no problem. If it's someone who's a contracted guy to, to another company, I might see another like, you know, like no contest decision. And I, I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. Um, I think people will want, get tired of like, you know, thinking, Oh, he's not going to do a finish in this match, they're just going to go to a draw or whatever and not give us a conclusive finish. It's not going to be until he loses that belt um, that I think, you know, Pac will be free to be like, just do whatever finish that the company wants him to do. I also think like maybe he's like protecting himself. He's probably going to certain companies saying, listen, I'm not losing. Definitely while he's holding the Dragon Gate, you know, championship, there's no way Dragon Gate is going to allow him to be pinned um, to a non Dragon Gate guy. Um, So, you know, it's, it's really good for him. I think it's raising his stock in the eyes of like other promoters, like AEW. When if, if when he goes full time there, like I imagine he's going to do double duty, Dragon Gate, AEW, and, and you know, like when he goes full time there, it'll probably be a different story. But I, I, I'm thinking he's going to get a huge push in all the wrestling. Uh, some New Japan news and notes. Their tickets for the G1 opening night in Dallas, Texas will go on sale March 13th. They're pricing tickets from 50 up to $300. And that's probably going to be the same night as the UFC's International Fight Week card. So depending on what they have, um, I don't know if that's really going to be much of a crossover. Obviously, different markets in Dallas and Vegas. But uh, what, what's kind of your, your sense this many months out of what the appetite is going to be for this show running by far the biggest venue they ever have in the U.S. and at these prices? I don't know. Like, I, I'm not. I'm just not sure. Like, what kind of a market like Dallas is, or you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I, it's not like a city that I necessarily associate. Like in 2019, with like being having a rabid fan base, I could be completely off the mark about that. Um, usually if, if I'm thinking about like rabid markets, it's like, you know, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, um, and Toronto are, would be like the, the markets I would think about if I'm them, like I'm wondering why they decided to go to Dallas. That being said, I do think like if there's nothing, um, before or after for 
like the traveling fans that this is show is going to do very well. I don't know if it's going to sell out, but I think it'll it'll do at least 70% of its capacity will sell out and then we'll see what kind of a walk up they get. Yeah, it's it's a really big arena, um the American Airlines Center in Dallas. I I've been there for uh UFC cards in the past. Um yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting what this G1 lineup is. Like this seems like a year that you would want to have some outside participant that's really going to spark that interest and you know i understand what the the certain politics are at the moment but it's i don't know i i just think new japan they have some very ambitious plans this year and i I think they're this could be a real wake-up call if they don't have the success they're expecting for this g1 show um to maybe have to alter their their view on certain talent that that is out there that they could they could make deals with Oh yeah, like I can see them like probably you know bringing in Jerick. I don't know if Jericho would do an entire G one. I don't. No, probably I, not I a whole G one. But like a Tokyo Dome next year, I think that you're really you're you're hurting yourself by by not striking a deal. And a lot can happen between now and the end of the year. But that would seem to be the impetus behind. And, and maybe if they if they don't get the results they want with this kind of show, that will push them in that direction to realize, hey, we got to fill this dome two nights in a row. Uh, we, we can't just rely on our on our roster, guys. Yeah, as far as like the G1 goes, like I can see like them announcing Kenny Omega for this. Um, I can see him wanting to do it. Um, I just don't know, like, how are you going to book that? Because like, you know, like considering his position in all elite wrestling, not that he wouldn't be booked strong regardless because he is Kenny Omega, but um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's a, it's a hell of a schedule, John. Like they got to fly to the United States, do the show and then fly back to Japan. I think there's like a, a week or two buffer between the, the, the G1 opening in Dallas. And then like whenever they start the full tour, back in japan yeah uh, it's gonna be interesting unfortunately i won't be in japan for the finals i'll be back in toronto for my vacation um so we'll, we'll do shows about that probably at uh, post office west maybe correct yes yes that's the insane weekend where SummerSlam will be here in town wh just couldn't he had to look at it as like yeah you know when g1 finals at budokan or or SummerSlam at the scotia bank <laughs> arena i'm flying to canada that's right and and thank you for not taking a dentist appointment that week i (laughs) i altered my dental appointment just because of uwh i I feel very uh, blessed by that thank you john so an interesting history lesson here some of you may remember the royal rumble 2001 and just stick with me where i'm going here one of the surprise entrants that year was haku who people were very confused by was showing up the royal rumble because this guy was the wcw hardcore champion How's he here on a WWF show? A champion not under contract? Well, lo and behold, his son Tangaloa, apparently not under contract in New Japan, as he explained to Colt Cabana this week on the Art of Wrestling podcast. I was somewhat surprised by this. I can't believe that New Japan doesn't have this guy under contract already. Like, like a year ago, I could almost buy it. But in this climate, I'm, I'm shocked. And they put the belts on him. Like, what's the stop? like the WWE from going up to him and saying, Hey, Camacho. Hey man, like, do you want to come back? We'll put you in with, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll put you on SmackDown. You can hang out, 
with uh, you know the Usos, or we'll we'll do something with uh, you and Roman if you know Tanga Tamatanga wants to continue the Twitter feud on TV. Like when his contract's up, we'll, we'll you'll set the stage, and then we'll bring your brother in. You can feud with Roman, maybe Seth, you know, uh, God versus the Shield, or something like that. Like, there's nothing to stopping the WWE from going over to Tangaloa and just like fucking up the Madison Square Garden show, and and just offering him a shitload of money that he can't say no to, just to jump over for to screw up that show. So you imagine more Ronaldo like, calling ape shit at a takeover card. I can actually. I could too. I could. I can totally see Ronaldo saying, "Hey, shit, Mamma Mia!" Like that. I I would lose my mind if I heard Mar Ronaldo call Tegelo's yeah. off. That's be funny. Like, do do you think? Like, I I don't have any knowledge of this, but I mean, do you do you assume Tamatonga is in a similar position? No, no, Tamatonga is definitely under contract. Right. He he bragged about it. Like he bragged, like, "Oh, I got I just signed. I'm I'm not going anywhere." I don't think. Tangaloa, because he's a dojo guy, you know? Tamatango is a dojo guy. Like, so he, he's under contract. The, the funny thing is, I think on the same podcast, didn't David Finley, like, wasn't he bragging about, like, yeah, I, you know, I don't have to work and I still get paid. I'm under contract. It's because he's, he's a dojo guy. Tangaloa is not a dojo dude. So I think almost everyone that they have in their dojo who came through that system, with, you know, like Juice and David Finley and, and Tamatanga are all under contract like new japan contracts whereas like i i think elgin signed so like certain people they signed like that tama tangalo is not signed just blows my mind because i actually really think he's he has a lot of potential as a singles if if like they you know like they kind of split up the, the girls destiny to do singles run with either guy i, I don't give a shit about tamatanga i never want to see his singles matches again but i do actually quite enjoy Tangalone, I think there's maybe some potential that he might be able to elevate himself as a single star in that company, but not if he's not under contract. You got to put the guy under contract. All right, let's move on over to the New Japan Cup, which starts next Friday at uh, Corkun Hall. They're all going to be streaming on New Japan World. This year, they are expanding the field. Uh, they're doubling it from 16 to 32 men. It is uh, quite the undertaking. Uh, let us go through the brackets. And we don't need a big breakdown, but I'm just going to throw out the match at you, WH, and then you're going to give me your pick. And we'll okay. go through the tournament, all right? Starting off with Yuji Nagata versus Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii. Tomoaki Hanma versus Taichi. Taichi. I'm just, uh, I'm having problems here entering this. One second here. All right. Uh, then we go. I should have tried this beforehand. This is quite the uh, undertaking. Manabu Nakanishi versus Yoshihashi. Uh, Yoshihashi. Juice Robinson versus Chase Owens. Uh, Juice. Okada Elgin. This will be Elgin's uh, return. Uh, Okada. Yes. Another return, Mikey Nichols versus Hikuleo. Uh, I'm going to go with Mikey Nichols because, you know, he's he's their new sign, you know, signed talent. I think they're probably going to try to give him a push. Uh, Hikuleo is still a young boy. He's still a young lion. So I don't see him, like, getting the win. And he's coming off of injury. Traditionally, Japanese, you know, booking doesn't allow people coming back from injuries to get wins in their first match back. Were you surprised that New Japan uh, grabbed him? Mikey Nichols. Yeah. Uh, like this is a, yes these no. spots in New Japan are very competitive spots at the moment. So I think it's a real, it's a real credit to him that he was, you know, he got out of NXT and 
I have to imagine he had a sense that he was not leaving NXT without a landing spot. Having that well, he kind was of assurance. In that, he was in that original Do- LA Dojo class, like with Rocky and Samoa Joe and Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson. So he has kind of a connection there. I'm sure he knows people who are still in the roster in that company. I, the thing about Mikey Nichols, he's, he's not one of, like, I didn't think he was really all that great. Like, I, he's the least interesting member of TMDK. I think Shane Haste, Shane Thorne is a far more dynamic wrestler, but I'm okay with it. Like, I, like in this, like you say, in this climate, John, if they, if they get a chance to sign, uh, you know, someone with any kind of name value to them, like New Japan is probably going to sign them to a contract. And he's, he has experience in uh, Japan. Unless they're so a tag champion. Unless they're a tag champion, that's right. Uh, but he has experience in, in, in Japan because he, he was tag team champions with Shane Haste as TMDK in NOAA for many, many years. So it's it's not like they can't. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not worried that he's not going to get over because he got over in Noah. So he's probably going to be able to get over in New Japan. I, he's in. He's in um, chaos because I think Rocky announced yep. it on his Twitter and stuff. So no, I'm. I'm curious to see where he's going, and I, I. You know, I think he'll have a interesting match with Okada in the second round. So will Osprey bad luck folly? Uh, Osprey, uh, he's just on a roll. Yeah, yep. he's just been booked so strong. He's looking strong in the UK as well. Um, I I think Fale is kind of like on the on the the downslide right now. He's on his downslide, his yearly downslide. He gets the push, down, push, down. I'm I'm hoping the, the going back up doesn't happen though, because I'm really tired of watching his matches. Toa Hanare versus Lance Archer. So I'm gonna go with Hanare. I, I feel hmm. he's getting a bit of a push. Um, I think he did really well in like the, um, the honor rising shows. So I, and Lance Archer, they don't really do anything with him. Like this could be a chance for them to kind of reheat him, but and I think they're more interested in like kind of promoting their, their signed talent, like Hanare. Like, I don't know if, I don't think Archer has a contract either. I'd be surprised if he did. Uh, this one, I'm pretty sure a hundred percent of the people responding are, Picking Hiroshi Tanahashi over Shota Umino, but I will say, while it may be the easiest match to call in the opening round, uh, I might be looking most forward to this. Uh, this is among the most intriguing matches of the opening round because I think this is going to be excellent with Tanahashi and Umino. Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I think this is probably going to steal the show, whatever card it happens to be on. It might be even the main event. Uh, unless it's, it's on the same card as the Bushi and Naito. Yeah, it's on that same card. So uh, that okay. looks like the best show of the the opening round between those two. Plus, you got Evil and Zack on that same card. That's the uh, the third night on March 10th. Okay, so that's going to be like at least third third from the top, Tanahashi and Umino. But I'm, I'm going to pick, of course, Tanahashi's going to go through on uh, that, at that match. So this next one, it's tough because we don't have the replacement yet. Uh, Tenzon versus TBA, whoever replaces David Finley, which we have not heard the replacement as of this recording. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be Yoshida. Okay. Because he's the easiest person you can slot in there and you don't have to change any of the booking as far as I was, as far as I can tell. Because like I actually had Finley, if he didn't get injured, uh, I had him beating Tanahashi. And then going to have a match with uh, Ibushi, who would have gone through his brackets wow. to the uh, quarterfinals. But I think you can do Tanahashi. Yeah, Yoshida can beat Tenzan. He can face Tanahashi. Like, here's the thing where, where I don't think 
this is where we change. Like Yoshida's not beating Tanahashi. I think they would have maybe given Finley the bone and, and had him go through. But I'm going to take Tanahashi. We'll get to that bracket there. But like I had Finley going pretty far actually in the tournament. All right. So Yoshida to defeat Tenzon. Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. This may be the, the match of the opening round. <sighs> this is tough. I'm going to say Ibushi because I think they need this trap a rocket to him on this on this tour. So, Are you surprised they're doing this in the opening round? Yes, I'm very surprised. Like, that is a loaded match for a 32-man tournament to do on one of the first nights of the tour. Yeah, no, like, but they, they're, you know, they're high on him. I think yep. they think they can come back to this match later down in the year, uh, maybe a year, uh, 11 months from now. You know, like they can do it then, and it's it's it won't and it won't hurt the box office potential of it. So, evil and Zack Saber Junior. Oh, this is really tough. You know, like last year, I I, I you know I said Zack Saber Junior, and he you went. called Zack to run the table last year, and that's exactly what he did. But I really think one of the reasons they took the tag belts off of uh, Evil and Sonata was to give Evil a big push. Uh, Sonata too, but more more Evil. So I'm going to say Evil goes over uh, Zack Sabre Jr. in the first round. Togi Makabe and Colt Cabana. I'm going to say Cabana because there has to be a reason why they, you know, they they, they invited him for the tour. I I think that they maybe want to you know, see how well he gets over with the crowd. Um, Togi Makabe again, he's like kind of on the downslide. You know, he's he's a bit older now, and um, his booking isn't really that strong. He's He's got the never six men. I think that's where they're going to probably focus his kind of, you know, efforts in, into that division and not really into singles. So Cabana. Does that set up uh, the comedy match with Cabana and Toru Yano, or do you see Davey Boy Smith Jr. going over Yano? Uh, I'm going to say Davey Boy Smith Jr. is going to beat Yano. I, I think, again, they seem to, seem to be very high on him recently and seem to be giving him a push, which I think is long overdue. I think this guy should be given a singles run like – a year ago, at the very least. Satoshi Kojima, Minoru Suzuki. I'm going to go with Kojima on this one. Like It could go either way, but I just have a feeling they're going to give it to Kojima. And rounding out the first round, uh, Hiroki Goto and Sonata. Uh, Sonata. Again, same reasons like for Evil. They're, I think they're ready to give him a singles push. All right. We'll go, uh, we'll go rapid fire here through the rest. Ishii Taichi. Uh, Ishii. Yoshihashi Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice. Okada, Mikey Nichols. Uh, Okada. Osprey, Hanare. Uh, Osprey. Tanahashi, uh, Yoshida. Uh, Tanahashi. Kota Ibushi, Evil. That should be a very uh, good Ibushi. match. Yes, uh, Ibushi. You are setting up a hell of a semifinals here, or quarters, I should say. Uh, Colt Cabana, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. And Kojima, Sonata. Sonata. Uh, Sorry, uh, Sonata. All right, we're down to eight. Ishii, Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice. Okada, Osprey. Uh, Okada. Tanahashi, Ibushi. Rematch of the G1 final. Uh, Ibushi. And Davey Boy Smith Jr., Sonata. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Ooh. Juice Robinson, Okada. Okada. And Ibushi, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey Boy Smith Jr. To the finals, man. Yeah, because I think they got to save Ibushi Okada. All right. They're going to tease it. And like, it's New Japan Cup. It's a big event, but it's also where you can, it's like the the, the tournament where you make a star. Like 
he's going to go into the finals, but I don't, he's not going to win. Like I'm picking Okada to win and go into Madison Square Garden to get the title shot against Jay White because I I don't see Jay White Smith Jr. headlining Madison Square no. Garden with Jay White in a New Japan title match. So, um, but yeah, I think it it would be a great rub for him to get into the finals. I think it'd be a showcase for him against Okada. So that's my bold prediction is that Dave Boy Smith Jr. will get a huge push in the New Japan Cup before falling to Okada, who's going to go headline uh, Madison Square Garden with Jay White in, in the rematch. You, you always take the risks, WH. Uh, that's what I like about your predictions. You, you go out there, you take risks. No, it's, it's, it, it's like, it's, it's, if you've studied New Japan booking, like, New Japan Cup is always like a time where they're like going to take a risk. And like, I think Zach winning last, last year really elevated this tournament. I think it paid off yes. so many dividends for them. And they thought, okay, this is where we're going to take a risk. Like to me, it, it'd be stupid not to, to take a risk. And I don't think they're going to waste Ibushi Okada. I don't think Ibushi's going to not make it to this, to the semis. So to me, it's just logic. That's the match you're going to save for. Maybe Dominion, maybe, you know, like King of Pro Wrestling, um, maybe even the Tokyo Dome. We'll see. I, I don't know, but I don't think they're going to do it in March, you know. So. We got a few minutes left here. I wanted to chat quickly about the Champion Carnival. All Japan has announced uh, the blocks for the tournament that will kick off April 4th and run throughout the month. We have uh, nine people per block. In the A block, we have Yuma Aoyagi, Shuji Ishikawa, Dylan James, Kengo Mashimo, Kento Miyahara, Yuji Okabayashi, Ryoji Sai, Gianni Valletta, and Zeus. And then in the B block, Sam Adonis, Joe Doring, Daichi Hashimoto, Jake Lee, Naoya Nomura, who's going to be challenging uh, Miyahara uh, later on this month, Joel Redman, Suwama, Takashi Yoshida, and Yoshitatsu. Uh, what just- did you think of the lineups? Uh, just to clarify, people who don't know who Takashi Yoshida is, he's he's the former Cyber Kong from Dragon Gate, and now he's under his real name because he lost the mask. Um, yeah, I, I'm not excited about this Champions Carnival as much as I was uh, last year. I think it'll be good, but y- you know, you have some glaring omissions: no Shinko Takagi, no Yujihino, no Naomichi Marafuji. They their participation last year really elevated that tournament like to me um, Shingo had the best match of the tournament with Ishikawa in the I think it was like the, the second last night of the of the show of the of the of the tour at Corrigan I was there live it was amazing um, but I, I'm interested in this but like some of these names I'm just like what the fuck why is Sam Adonis in the Champions Carnival um, I, I Joel Joel Redman is uh, a non-entity to me. I have no opinion because I don't really know who he is. I know he was uh, Oliver Gray in NXT and he was like Pac's teammate when they became like the NXT champ- tag team champions. Um, but other than that, like I, I have no idea who he is and like I have no idea how well he's going to do or not do in this tournament. So there is that. Uh, block A looks way better than Block B. Um, you, you have Aoyagi who's going to do really well. Uh, Okabayashi, I, I think Okabayashi is going to tear it up in this carnival. I think he's probably going to go to the finals. Uh, that's my prediction. He's probably going to make it to the finals in, in Block A. Uh, and then, you know, Block B, you know, has Nomura, who I really, really am high on. Uh, Jake Lee, I think Jake Lee is going to, you know, probably win Block B. 
because I think he's getting the big, big, big push. Uh, and, you know, Sawama against, you know, Jake and Nomura is going to be fun against Yoshida. That should be fun. I, I'm really high on Sawama recently. He had that awesome match against Miyahara last week at Yokohama for the Triple Crown. Have you watched that match, John? I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's been, been great. That's been on my, my list to, to watch. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Okay, so just for, just, you know, just for your information, just watch everything after the intermission. You don't have to watch anything before the inter- intermission, which is like, you know, most All Japan shows in, in my estimation. But the um, the Triple Crown match, it's probably one of my leading contenders for match of the year so far. Wow. So go, go watch that. All right, and final thing, uh, Dragon Gate. They're doing two shows this weekend, uh, including Sunday, which is the big one, uh, where it's going to be headlined by Pac and Shun Skywalker for the Open the Dream Gate Championship. Yeah, I mean, like it continues the, the big spotlight, the big push on Shun Skywalker. He's one of the six I talked about in one of my articles last year, um, and it's coming to fruition. I, you know, it's this guy has the look. He's got the, the skills, the athletic skills. He's he's popular with the fans, but he's not winning on Sunday. John. Like he's he's not ready yet. He's still like a, a young young boy in the Dragon Gate system. I think give it another year, get him more seasoning. I think he needs like like two high profile feuds, like one with someone like Yamato, and like one with I think in the long run it's going to be against Mochizuki, his mentor, and then he wins those. He's ready to become the, the Dreamgate champion. I think Pac is going to retain. Um, it's a good card. It's an Osaka Edion Arena 2, not the big one where you see like New Japan run. Um, but they got a Twin Gate championship match, uh, Big Ben, Big Garshimizu, and Ben K versus UT and Kai. That's an interesting uh, combination there. Um, yeah, and then just a typical you know, Dragon Gate show undercard. But they got two championship matches on the Sunday show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I think Pac versus Skywalker is probably going to be one of those matches where I, I message you and say, John, you got to watch this fucking match. It's so amazing. I just, I just go by my Twitter DMs. So w just points me in the right direction. I never let you, I never steer you wrong, John. No, no, you have a, you have a very solid batting average. Uh, was Kento Miyahara and Suama your match of the month? And I also want to know your wrestler of the match, uh, wrestler of the month, uh, before we sign off. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Kento Miyahara Suwama was my match of the month. And definitely the wrestler of the month is Kento Miyahara for like the, that, that, the Suwama match and the uh, giant Baba Memorial tag match he had uh, with Tanahashi. There's no, he came out of that show, John, like really like he, I think he outshone Tanahashi as in that building. Like they were so into him. He just benefited the most from that entire event in my in my estimation i think all japan as a whole got a lot out of that show like they just they felt like the not i don't want to compare it to like the all japan of uh of 1996 but it was it just felt like all japan here they are on even footing with you know the perceived top promote well the top japanese promotion in new japan and here it's like our guy is kento miyahara who was the the focal point of that main event Uh, i thought that all japan as a whole just felt um you know, led by Miyahara, it was just a really strong presentation of the promotion. I just, you know, I'm, I'm very curious about the follow up because that's the most important thing. Where does All Japan do to follow this up? They got the Champion Carnival coming up. Um, they, they got their their summer Excite series coming up. It, 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 it what, what's in store for Miyahara past, you know, Nomura 
uh, in that title match. Um, like, like for me, like I look at like Noah last year with the um, Kenta and Marafuji match at Sumo Hall, and there was really no follow up to that on their part. Um, so I felt like I really enjoyed that show, and I was hope very hopeful coming out of the show. But like Noah's just kind of gone steady the course, and they got new ownership and everything. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what about Noah. I'm just hoping like because situation in all japan is a lot more steady that we're gonna see you know like them have a very good follow-up to um the baba memorial show to the champion carnival this year and you know hopefully they they do some high profile signings as well so we'll see what happens all right that's gonna bring an end to the show uh but wh will be back in a couple of weeks um i'm thinking we should uh Maybe come back in about four weeks because we'll be coming out of the New Japan Cup and we'll have the card for Madison Square Garden that we can preview as well. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. All right. So you can follow WH at WH Park 9, the number nine uh, for all wrestlers out there. You know what? In this world, you got to have thick skin. So you want to you want to tweet with the big boys with WH Park. You got to be ready. Uh, so you can go follow him there. And WH, uh, thanks as always for joining me. Always great to catch up. And now everyone is up to speed. And I think you've laid out uh, quite the, the menu of matches to go back and watch and to check out over the next couple of weeks as well. So you, you guys have the uh, uh, Pick'em contest, right? Yes. And I, 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 I submitted uh, my entrance for that. And it's pretty much the same except for, you know, David Finley's entrance. But We'll see, like, you know, like, we'll see how I, well I do, because it's official. I'm under the, the my title of my pick'em uh, sheet is uh, I pick last year's winner, I think, or something like, I successfully picked last year's winner was the title of my, my spreadsheet Man, for that. look at you, just, just flex, flexing that, that reputation for everybody. No, no, no John, no. You, you're the one who would was putting me over about that last year. So I was really impressed because if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I was skeptical last year and boy, was I proven wrong. Like that was the Zack Sabre Jr. Tournament. I, I associate now the new Japan cup with Zack Sabre Jr. After last year and man, you nailed it. So I think you, that deserves praise. So the big thing is how far Dave boy Smith Jr. Goes, I'm going to, I'm going to be watching his progress throughout that tournament with bated breath. I will say that. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Of course, you can always go check out postwrestling.com. I'm going to be back late Saturday night with a UFC 235 post show. And then Way and I will be back Monday night with Rewind Raw. Thanks as always, WH. And we will be back with Post Peter Resu uh, coming up at the end of March.